What's up, botherinas? I decided to record a very quick intro just to let you guys know exactly the way I felt about this situation. I decided to go back to doing a couple of interviews because there's some people that I really want to talk to and there's some people that I really wanted to introduce you guys to. I'm not exaggerating even a little bit when I say this first one is an actual dream guest of mine because this is a person that taught me so much about LGBT, trans specifically, and it wasn't by trying to teach me. What it was was just a person that I saw living their life, living their truth, being the person that they are, the person that they were, and just 100% doing them. And I learned so much from watching this person so many years ago when we first met. And she's just one of the people that I've always respected and, and admired the most when it comes to life in general, not even just LGBT, just life in general because of the way she lives. And I was so thankful that she said that she would do my podcast. And if you'll notice at the beginning, I'm a little bit nervous because it's my first time in a long time actually interviewing somebody and it's also somebody that, like I said, I just respect so much. So I didn't want to do anything to disrespect her. I didn't want to do anything to make her feel uncomfortable. But you'll hear she's so open and so willing to talk that it just makes it really easy for me to end up having the conversation with her that I wanted to have. And there's certain points where I dropped the ball as far as follow-up questions just because I was enjoying the conversation so much. And she makes me laugh. And I just was really in awe of the fact that she's willing to be so open, which I think is one of the most helpful things that anybody can do right now when it comes to LGBT, because so many people have questions. And I feel like in this interview, she makes it easy for people to understand, even if they're really far removed from the idea of trans or the world of LGBT. And certain points were both kind of hard in the way we talk, but that's what it's like when you grew up LGBT in a certain generation. Sometimes when circumstances around you are hard, you have to be harder. And those are the corrections that you'll hear us making during this conversation sometimes where it's like, yeah, I just have to assert that I'm me because I've had to assert that I'm me my entire life. So I hope you guys get it. I hope you guys take it in the spirit that it's meant. And if you have any questions, please do comment and hit me up, direct message. Just let me know what you think. I'm not at all averse to constructive criticism. And ask me any questions that you have because we're going to do a follow-up. I'm also going to do a follow-up with her boyfriend, Trey, who we reference in the podcast itself. But I hope you guys enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. <laughs> anything in the vicinity of my mouth that's black with a big knob. <laughs> Get your lips pumped again, and then you can't suck dick for four months. You're like, yeah, that's going to happen. I'm not going to suck dick for four months. You're right. I'm not. I'm just not. <laughs> These okay. lips can be shaped like they're sucking a dick, and it'll make me more money, so <laughs> we're not. <laughs>
Here we go. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I warned you. I warned you guys that I was going to start having guests again. Uh, I just wanted to wait to have the right one because a lot of people don't interest me, and it's called Unbothered by Ty Rivera, not Uninterested by Ty Rivera. I get very bored very fast, and for a while I had some really great guests. And then it took me a while to find somebody else that I wanted to talk to because I just kept interviewing myself and I got more and more interesting every week. <laughs> so now, <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> I ran into a friend from a long time ago and it was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Like I always talk to you guys about my friend Coco and then occasionally I'll talk to you guys about my friend Lisa. And uh, my friend Lisa, I ended up running into both of them. I was... Somehow I ended up talking to Coco and she said, I'm going to be in Phoenix next week or something like that. And then we went to the movies and then I ended up running into my friend Lisa that was hanging out with her or Coco was hanging out with Lisa, however it went. But anyway, everybody, I want you to meet my good friend, Miss Lisa St. Laurent. Hey, y'all. So, Lisa, <laughs> it's been yes. a minute since I've actually chatted with anybody on my podcast and I just want to start with the most basic info. Uh, we met when we were both living in Las Vegas. Yep. You are a trans woman. I am. You are not a trans woman. <laughs> <laughs> you are everyday fish. <laughs> Excuse me. We're already off to a rocky start. Yes, I am a trans woman. <laughs> you are? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm shocked. I don't know which way we're going. <laughs> this is going to be interesting, y'all. Get ready. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> yeah, and here's one thing I'll tell you, because I know we haven't gotten to chat a lot uh, over the last several years now. Like when I met you, I was in my early 20s, and now I'm in my mid-20s. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been a good five years now. <laughs> We've been out of the loop. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, all those years back when I met you, I remember what, um, what struck me about you was the first time I ever saw you, we were in front of or on the side of back when Piranha was Angles. Yep. Yeah, it was Angles and then... Angles was in the front, which was supposed to be like the gay boy bar, and then Lace was in the back, which mm -hmm. was supposed to be like the lesbian bar, but it all kind of tied together. And I remember seeing you on the side right there, and you had one look to you at that point. Like, um, you definitely weren't what you grew into like <laughs> six months later. <laughs> It was like, I don't know if there was a rush of money or what the fuck happened. <laughs> it was like, I saw you one way and I was like, oh, there's that girl. And then I saw you like five months later and it was a whole nother girl. Yes. And the other girl, uh, the first girl was cute, but the second girl was a fucking bombshell. And uh, I remember all the gay boys like wanted to chat with you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they were all intrigued and wanted to chat and uh, wanted to be friends. And at the time, I was dating this guy that was really um, 
annoying and whatever you know like kind of possessive and you know how they are when you're young mm -hmm. well i don't know if you know how much you've dealt with actual gay boys but when you're young and dealing with other gay boys it's like so fucking annoying <laughs> gay boys are annoying and i don't date them the, well that's so, what yeah. i had always assumed you know so that's why i say i didn't figure that you really knew what it was like they're so fucking annoying uh and if they look annoying from the outside they're even worse when you're actually in it well, I'm dating a gay boy now, so I kind of have an understanding of that. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is he's right behind you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a gay boy. Okay. Well, <laughs> take your word for it. I'm getting all sorts of <laughs> loops thrown at me on this one. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I was dating this boy and it was like, you know, he was weird and he was jealous and he didn't want me to chat with you or be friends with you or like any of the girls, you know, because at the time, I don't know if you remember uh, Leah. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Leah was around and she was one of my friends because before I met him, I was living in Vegas for probably like six months or something like that. And I had met different people just hanging out at the clubs, you know, and like for some reason he had this real thing about the girls, like not wanting me to talk to any of the girls. And I don't know what that was about, but that's what it was. So then after a while, I ended up, we broke up, and then I was hanging out with Caprice, and then Caprice was how I met you guys, mm -hmm. which Caprice, for anybody at home that wants to know anything about that, old school, old school, old school trans woman. Um, she had to cut her way out of Chicago. Cut, slice, and stab <laughs> her way out of Chicago, honey. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Miss Caprice and mm -hmm. I was hanging out with her which Coco loves to refer to her as my mama right <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah girl yeah <laughs> and then I ended up meeting you and Coco but um like I remember when I met you uh, met you and Coco I didn't know even etiquette about being around any of the girls like I didn't know the difference between trans and drag and, and like I didn't know anything at all. Right. So like if I were to talk to somebody now <clears throat> and try to explain to them, I don't even know how I would explain it. Like like I know like I would tell people that the difference between a transvestite and um, a transgender person is a transvestite usually doesn't live their life in women's clothing. Correct. And a lot of times it has a sexual component to it. Right. And then when it comes to, I don't know the difference between, I myself don't know the difference between transsexual and transgender. So I feel like transsexual is the old school verbiage that they used before um, what is now referred to as transgendered. Okay. So, um, so it's basically just outdated terminology. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back when they were trying to figure out, were we crazy? What was our issues? You know, that's what they labeled it as transsexual. Oh, yeah. Well, we so. were all crazy and deviants back in the mm -hmm. day. Like trans just got out of the DSM as mental illness. Right. Within the last 15 years, I think it was. And so, yeah, um, that's what a lot of people don't get when they're trying to educate me. You know, it's kind of a lot of that. It's well, it's kind of weird the <coughs> jump that it's made, you know, because like me and you, the way we came up being from where we were or the time we were, 
it's like now there's all these politically correct rules. And sometimes it's like these people will talk to me and they'll even be living a different experience than I am because they will be transgender. But they're new to it, new to the community, new to being transgender. And they've learned everything out of reading blogs and going online. And I feel like, oh, I've, you know, learned everything through actually having friends and being an LGBT person myself. So it's kind of like you're coming at me from a book point of view and I'm coming at you from a life lived point of view. And sometimes these people will get themselves in trouble because they'll try to talk crazy to me. And I feel like, well, where I'm from, that's called reading. And I'm about to read your ass, bitch. <laughs> so get ready. Yeah, this isn't going to uh-huh. be like the conversation you're yeah, used to. You think to. it's going to be correct. <clears throat> exactly. You know, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with respecting everybody at every, um, how would you say it? At every level. Yeah, at every level they're at. Just the thing is, you have to give me the respect of understanding that I'm not always going to know what you're doing. Exactly. And I feel in that regard that they're the the up-and-coming babies, that it's just a different day and age for them. And now they're all these, you know, back in our day, bitch, you were either gay, straight, trans there wasn't no non-binary there wasn't mm-hmm. no gender fluid there wasn't you know <clears throat> oh i want to just throw on women's clothes no hair no makeup and i want you to call me a woman mm-hmm. no you'd get your ass beat chased down the street and good luck well exactly so, and that's why the girls different. were harder on each other right and mm-hmm. i agree with that i like you come from a state, you know, I live this life. Mm-hmm. So when you're coming to me nowadays and you know, me and my other half, he's trans, mm-hmm. you know, he's always quick to tell me and more so in the beginning of our dating, I was quick to be like, no, that's a boy. You don't respect people's pronouns, you know, this, that, and the other, at the end of the day, it is how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a path and a journey that I walked And I, you know, being trans today is completely different than transitioning when I transitioned. Like, I went through some shenanigans, people trying to kill me, people trying to beat me up, throw bricks at me, like, coming out in the mall laughing in my face when I first started transitioning because I was a brick, as they say. Yeah. And I don't look, you know, I didn't look the way that I look today. And it's a journey. So it, it took me a second to understand and come to terms with okay let me try to you know respect where they are you know everyone has a different journey you know this that and the other so i agree with you 100 percent. yeah and it, it is <clears throat> it is like having to relearn things you already know but just from a different perspective and that's right. something i've learned to make the adjustment on too because with some of these people I would forget and I'd just be like, oh, well, if you're talking to me this way, then I talk to you that way. Yeah. And now I started to get a little more of a like, you know, okay, I am older LGBT and I should be a little more willing to understand and open. And then maybe I can help on that side as well. Because like I've been working with a lot of like, I work a lot of redneck clubs. Mm -hmm. That's usually where I am. And so with a lot of people, I do a joke where I mention that I perform in place... Why does this have to be on right now? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you try to be a fucking professional. (laughs) This goddamn day and age. (laughs) I give up on life. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll call my dad back. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, but I, so when I'm talking about like the people that I perform for, like the rednecks, I do a joke where I mention that I perform for places that are so, perform in places that are so redneck. Sometimes I have to educate them just to offend them. Right. And it's really what it is when it comes to LGBT, you know, because they're like ground up. Some people don't even aren't even used to a person that's as openly gay as I am. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still places like that in the country. And that's more in a lot of cases who I try to speak for or try to help out with is LGBT youth that are in parts of the country that aren't L.A., New York and San Francisco as open as that. You know, people that are really having to fight to even just identify the way that they, they want to identify, you know, or right. live their truth. So for me, sometimes it's just like, <clears throat> I'm trying to be patient, but I didn't know you were supposed to be a girl or I didn't know you were trying to be a boy. I just thought you were rocking a different look. You know, <laughs> like, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I think that nowadays there's so much in the media with, like the guy that was in Vegas that went into the women's room, just dressed as a dude, no makeup, no hair, nothing. And then the security like approached him when he came out and he had the audacity to be like, well, I'm trans. You should have known that you look like a damn dude running into the women's. How are we supposed to know that you're trans? How's anyone supposed to know that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think on one end where I applaud them, most definitely live your truth. But on the other, let's be realistic here. Yeah. There are certain standards that society puts on whether or not it's right or it's wrong. A woman should look like a woman and a man should look like a man. And there should be no blurring of those lines. And that's, you know, the one thing being who I am that I've, you know, went through my whole life, you know, and I'm at a point now where, you know, I'm very fortunate that I can live my life as who I am today with no issues, Mm -hmm. you know, to whereas many years ago, yeah. Yeah, how do you feel about the people that uh, identify as queer but don't live a queer life in any way? Great question, Maury. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, I'm bothered. So you're bothered? Well, then you're really going to be bothered because my other half identifies as queer. Mm Mm-hmm. And him and I have had plenty of conversations about it, and I don't completely understand it 100% myself. Uh-huh. He says that it's, um, he doesn't have the label, he just dates who you want to, right? Pretty much. Yeah, but your other half is also a trans man, so that right there is queer. What, what I have a problem with is when people basically live a straight life but identify as queer. And it's like you're not even having sex with people of the same sex. You're not bisexual even, but for some reason you identify as queer, which even that I can accept if you want to identify as queer. But when I'm having a conversation about LGBT and then some straight person that identifies as queer jumps in and is like, I think, well, you don't get to think right now i agree i need you to stand by and be an ally which is what you really are you just want to feel more a part of it so you say you're queer right you know and that's where i feel like it gets kind of hard sometimes as people in the community to really have a conversation because i have no problem like having these conversations with other people that are actually living the life i just feel they need to go back old school and just keep it cute 
keep it three categories, bitch, and which one do you fall into? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love how close-minded you are on this. It's the best. You know I'm a straight white woman. <laughs> okay. I don't have it. I don't understand the shenanigans the children have these days, honey. Y'all are confusing to me. Good luck. For those of you that can't see, Lisa is definitely a woman of color <laughs> identifying as a straight white woman right now. Well, I am a mixed woman. I'm, my mother is white and my dad is black. I am lightly tanned. <laughs> Voluptuous. <laughs> Voluptuous, yes. That's not I what I'm going to laugh at. Nerves, baby. <laughs> but the, you don't want to All the rest of it. that white bitch shit you just <laughs> tried to pull on. I'm me. blonde. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> you know, you try to have a serious conversation with people between you and my phone. <laughs> Between you and my phone, this conversation. Did you, uh, this is going to be a question I don't think I've ever asked you in my, all of my time knowing you. Did you always know you were trans? So, I'm 48. So, I've been living my life um, in my chosen gender since I started at 15. Mm -hmm. um, growing up. Of course, I didn't know because I was born in the 70s, so I didn't have access to what they have now. So the trans people of today are very fortunate, you know, with the media and Laverne, this role, Janet Mock, Laverne Cox, you know, mm -hmm. all of that. I didn't have that. The closest I got were the club kids on Donahue. Yeah, me and too. And then, you know, Maury, is it a man or is it a woman? Eventually, that whole type of thing. But growing up, there was always this drive to be feminine and it was a big struggle in my household. My father is black. He's a Marine, deacon of a church. Um, you know, my mother is old school, follows what he has to say. So he wasn't a big part of my, I mean, he lived in our home, but he, um, I don't feel like he was around a lot. Mm -hmm. So I dealt with my mother and there was this constant struggle. I'm trying to grow my hair long. She's cutting it off. Why are you acting like that? Why do you walk like that? Girls are, you know, coming home with makeup on little boys don't do that i'm a girl no you're not so there was this constant struggle and then the day that i left home that night i met a trans woman who at that time i didn't know she was trans mm -hmm. on my way back from the store and i met this beautiful black woman and we got to talking i thought she was trying to pick me up and i'm like girl i don't like gr i don't like girls she's like oh i'm not a girl what do you mean you're not a girl and then she told me she was trans. And baby, anything that I was struggling with came to a head that night. And she did she take you in? No, she actually was trying to date me. Really? So I would go down and hang out with her and just kind of see, like, the next... We hung out that whole night. Mm -hmm. The next day, she took off her wig and showed me that she was true to what she was telling me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, bitch, this is it. Yeah. And so I would go down. She was a working girl. So she would work the corner. I'd be right there with her watching what was going on. And then I remember when I told her that I want to get on hormones and stuff, she wanted to fight me. Really? Yeah. Because she was all about it. And so that, you know, my process started from there. So 
Wow. And so you just, you were 15 mm-hmm. and you just moved out at that point? Mm-hmm. Really? What, what? I moved in with my best friend and her mom and would go, I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. So I started my transition. So I'd go to school during the day, dressed up, looking a mess, but I was living my truth. And then Sometimes your truth is messy. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. <laughs> You got to be where you're at. (laughs) In the moment. (laughs) Exactly. You you look back on that, but for right right now, it's right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, uh, that's, yeah. So, and then how long did you stay in school after that? I graduated school. Oh, you graduated? Wow. Mm -hmm. And were you getting beat up daily or no i mean being in high school you know people they ridicule you ridicule you you know how kids are very vicious so i definitely went through that the beating up didn't start until actually like after high school Mm -hmm. and you know i'd be on my way to work and people would figure out my situation or boys would try to talk to me and then when they got up on me and realized what was going on then it was game on well, that cor- that needed to be corrected back in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was gay, all of it. Like yeah. the other night, uh, me and Christopher were at uh, Westgate and we were holding hands. And it was still a little bit weird for me, even though it's been all these years that we can just hold hands like that now. Right. And nobody says anything. Nobody does anything. Once in a while, you'll get a look. But it's not like when I was younger, like you had you were risking getting your ass whooped Mm -hmm. and nobody was going to have your back. Right. So, yeah, it was a whole different like that's one thing I remember from uh, hanging out with you and Coco was like when we'd be at Blueberry Hill and some of the kids would come in from SRO Mm -hmm. or, you know, and then it would be cool for a minute. But then once they clocked it. Right. It was game on. Yeah. And some days they didn't clock it and we were good. But when they did, then mm-hmm. it was like, all right, we got to be ready for this because <laughs> you don't know what it's going to turn into. It right. starts off real fucking cute for them, like where they're being real jokey and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you hear that particular kind of laugh and you're like, oh, they're not just laughing with their table. They're laughing at us now. Right. And then it turns into a whole yeah, I remember there were a few nights where we left in a. <laughs> it would get loud and in ghetto. Yeah, it would get loud and ghetto. Real quick. We were all, all of us were already past the point of allowing people right. to shit on us. So it was like, if we're doing it, we're all doing it. Uh, that's how I feel. You want to open your motherfucking gums? You want to flap them gums? Get yeah. Ready. Yeah, we're all doing it. It's not just going to be one sided. <laughs> You're not just going to tell me what you think. I got thoughts, too. Right. (laughs) And they're nasty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think that society um, equates femininity, feminine, gay, or trans people with being weak. Mm Mm-hmm. So right away, they think, oh, they're going to do this. Bitch, little do you know, honey, we will tear this motherfucker inside out. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of rage inside from Mm -hmm. especially people in our generation where you had to put up with it for a certain amount of your life. So there comes a point in your time where in your life where you're like, I'm not going to let anybody talk to me like this. Right. I don't give a fuck what you look like. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how many friends you got with you. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to talk to me this way. And, you know, when you have your friends with you, and you're like, well, 
there's three of us here. Right. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we got 15 of y'all, but yeah, get ready. We got three on whatever you got. <laughs> so, <laughs> and usually, like like we always saw, they didn't really want it. Right. They just thought they were going to be able to have fun with it. And then once they realized they weren't going to be able to just slap it around, then they usually got kind of bored with it and got like, yeah, you're lucky we're leaving. And it's yeah. like, no, you're lucky you're leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was always interesting to me because, you know, SRO was a black hip hop club mm-hmm. and it was always that type of individual that in our society you are discriminated against. Mm-hmm. So why do you feel the need to cut up with someone else? You know, every, it's like everybody's always looking for what they consider the next rung down to shit on. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Everybody wants to feel like they're a part of the crowd that's able to judge everybody right. else. So it, it bothers me sometimes when people talk too much about equality because I'm like, I've seen kind of what equality turns into. And equality turns into I want to be a part of the crowd that's above. Right. You know, and hopefully one day we get to that point. But right now, there's still a fair amount of that there. But, you know, I say that judging people daily. So <laughs> I can't say <laughs> I'm not part of the problem. Okay, well. I remember you telling me the story when you, because you were raised where? So my father was in the military. Predominantly, um, I was raised in Manhattan. Okay. When I was younger, my first few years, we traveled around a little bit. And then, yeah, I ended up in Manhattan. So so you were in New York by the time you came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. you were just right up the street. Right up the street. <laughs> right up the, the street from everything you the needed. The queens were everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you I were lucky. I would turn lucky. left, right. Once they were, yeah. I was here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot open here. Well, I couldn't imagine. It's always interesting to me, like small town. Mm-hmm. But small town dictates how you, for us, how you transition. Because when I went to Vegas, they were still running around with hard-ass implant boobs and wigs on. You really helped them out in Vegas. <laughs> like I you, got them bitches together. Yeah, you brought a whole different industry there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were responsible for Monica Bonet putting Vegas on her list of stops. Which for anybody that's at home and doesn't know who Monica Monet is, most of you probably don't. She was what you would call a pump doctor, a silicone doctor. And uh, she would inject people with silicone and give them the curves they needed. Some of them desperately needed. (laughs) Some of these bitches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> went several treatments before mm-hmm. you saw a real curve. <laughs> <laughs> Straight curves ahead. Yeah, you were just like, you got How pumped? Many, okay. <laughs> you got Bitch, you done pumped 10 times. I think she's lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's filling with air. Yeah, she's not pumping you. <laughs> she's just getting you used to the sensation of the needles okay, right now. Right. But yeah, when did you first get pumped? How old were you when you first got? So I was actually 23 or 24. Okay. And what was the first thing you did? Um, She did my, oh, I did everything. So she did my face and she did my body. All in one. Mm -hmm. Just the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I was ready for it. Yeah. I was turned. I was ready to become Cinderella at the ball, baby. 
Well, yeah, that well, I, I'd imagine, yeah, if you're in New York, when and you and and see that was the big thing out there, the silicone, get your body, get your face. That was that was a poor man's way of achieving your feminine look without spending thousands of dollars on surgery that we didn't have at that point, you know. And in certain things, there's still kind of mm-hmm. almost no way around it. Right. You know, like Nicki Minaj gets pumped or got her ass pumped because she had a money. Yeah. You know, they and they all have money. Mm-hmm. When they got pumped, they just did it because how else are you going to get hips like that? Right. How else are you going to get that ass? You know, I and mean, for like, trans women. Good luck. You're going to take hormones and hormones definitely do a little bit, but they're not going to give you that feminine physique. There's just certain things you just ain't going to get. Oh, yeah. No, I so you may get some beautiful skin. You may get a little bit of hormone titty. You may get a f- pump little ass on you. Mm-hmm. But body out of control. No. Yeah. No, I ain't going to be walking around like video mm-hmm. hoes, which exactly. was kind of your look. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that video that ho look. Nasty video ho back. It in had the day. me fucking nervous in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> because all the ghetto kids <laughs> used to come running up to talk to you. Mm-hmm. The boys all wanted to talk to you. And I'm like, I know this boy is straight. If he clocks her tea right now, this is going to turn into a whole nother trip to Ross than I had planned. <laughs> Girl, I'm just trying to get some throw pillows right now. <laughs> Can you put all that body away? Okay. Right. <laughs> but you would be wearing stuff like overalls or things where it wasn't like you were wearing you know form fitting right i'm a lady but everything was just form fitting <laughs> with all that fucking body she had on a sheet <laughs> yeah, it was just like Ugh. it looked like a spandex dress yeah don't put a belt on okay don't put a belt on because that's just gonna make everything stand out again right God damn it but yeah mm-hmm. but i remember it also being fun too <laughs> like you know just because mm-hmm. it was such a spectacle and it was such a uh and I always mention that it was always the straight women that would clock. And for anybody at home that doesn't know clock, that's when you figure it out, when you find out somebody's truth, then uh, that's like a lot of times the common term for that used to be clocking. Uh, but yeah, I remember it was always straight women. And I explain it on stage sometimes that it's because in a lot of cases, when one woman sees another beautiful woman, they right away want to start looking for the flaw. Exactly. Yeah, and so then that's when they'll get like, mm, what big hands you have, Grandma. <laughs> Barbara, what big feet you have. <laughs> Those are cute shoes. <laughs> it's like this bitch. Right. They come in a size six. <laughs> Bitch, I'll show you the bottom. Okay, <laughs> I'll show real you, quick. Yeah, I'll show you the bottom. You can okay. tell me what size they are. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And that was the other thing. Like, I this is something that I struggle with, and I'm very honest about this. I struggle with, and I don't in general. I don't have a problem with young white women. I do not in general. But when it comes to this new crop of young white women that will try to tell me how it is I'm supposed to deal with trans people or talk to trans people, I feel like you don't get to tell me anything. Because when I was younger, you were the absolute enemy. 
young white men, women used to love to tell their men that my friends were trans. And back then they didn't used to say trans. They'd be like, that's a man right there. And then all of a sudden they'd start laughing. And then all of a sudden they'd kind of basically sick their guys on my friends. And mm. the next thing I know, we're having trouble in the line at Walgreens <laughs> because this bitch thought it was right. cute to fucking out somebody, not even realizing how serious of a situation that could turn into. Right. And how nobody, as we discussed earlier, was going to have our back. Well, people in general, even nowadays, people don't think one step ahead. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about the moment. Oh, bitch, I know something that they don't know. Or, you know, oh, this will be cute. You didn't know that's a man, right? I went through that at my job <clears throat> three times within the last six months of people trying to out me and not thinking of the repercussions that could come from that. So I agree. It's just something that people through history, they don't think, mm -hmm. you know white privilege or their privilege not even white privilege their privilege is being who they are yeah well <clears throat> there is definitely a privilege to being cisgender mm -hmm. cisgender in general you know and then cisgender straight then you add white to it there's a level of privilege there and it's not a matter of me not accepting people but it's just there's certain people that i'm not going to accept as my conscience because I just feel like I remember when I was younger and you were like the enemy looked just like you. So right. and it is my thing to get over. It is my thing to get past. And I think that even though I may not like that part of myself, sometimes it's something that I have to admit to in order to get past, you know. And so maybe one day I'll be able to accept these white bitches as my Jiminy Cricket. But and I also think that it's a defense mechanism mechanism. Because I've told, like, Trey, like, <clears throat> or even I have a, a situation this summer. So my girl from work, Allie, who is my homegirl, she wanted to go hang out one day. Well, mm -hmm. she wanted to take me to Sunday Fun Day in Old, Old Town, Scottsdale. I've never been there since, you know, I've been in, in Phoenix two years now. So never been there. She's like, let's go. We're going to go hang out at Blonde something, the bl bottled blonde or whatever one. Well, when we get there, we're meeting NFL players. And I tell her right away, like, I don't typically put myself in a situation that I don't even know what's going on, mm -hmm. you know? And she's like, don't worry. I'm like, girl, you know, I have a situation like I have to be conscious of what's going on with who I am. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, you know, and my thing right away I told her is like, hey, if I'm going to get clocked nine times out of 10, it's going to be a, by a black person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's my defense mechanism for so many years, because typically those are the ones that get my tea right away. Why do you think that is? Um, well, back in the day, I don't know. It's just something I haven't had that situation in a long time. Uh -huh. But that's something that I've carried from year. And I couldn't even tell you the last time that. Like, I was just, like, full on, oh, that's a man. Like, that type of clowning uh -huh. going on. So I think it's just something I've carried through the years. I think that race, like, Asians, like, Leah, when we would go out, she'd be like, girl, the Asians are going to clock my tea. Because for some reason, your own species knows, you know, <laughs> knows your deal. They know what's supposed to be right. where, how it's supposed to sit. Yeah, what yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So I don't know, but, yeah. 
constantly appraising. Okay. <laughs> They're just like checking mm. it out. But which I don't get with the black race because the black women tend to be very strongly built. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, bitch, what do you mean? Yeah, well, like an Angela Bassett type. Right. Yeah, who's you know, so very masculine, you know, body appearance. Uh-huh. Black women just tend to be on a larger scale. So I'm like, bitch, I should be fine. And who did first take you in? As far as what? Like when it came to you, because by the time you got to Vegas, you had already definitely been in the life for a while. Mm -hmm. So you didn't just learn that. Did you just pick it up bits and pieces from the girls you met along the way? Yeah, I never had what we call a mom. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a mom. Yeah. You know, in the life. I never had that. My actual lady who kind of took me on the way was a lesbian, a big black lesbian. And she kind of like um, showed me the ropes a little, but a lot of it was just me being in the streets. Was she motherly or was she more fatherly or um, neither? I don't, I don't, she was definitely butch. Yeah. Yeah. She was definitely, she was the male role in her relationships in life. She was just a big, she was probably about 6'2", big black woman. Did you live with her? No. No. Never lived with her. We would hang out and go like to the clubs and stuff. but And I'd go hang out at her house. But no, I never lived with her. So you lived with your friend's mom, your friend and her mom, until you were out of high school? Um, The year, yeah. The year bef- that I graduated, I'm like a few months before I graduated, I moved out. Okay. So, and yeah. did you, did you had regular jobs at first? So my first job was McDonald's. Me too. And then I worked at the PX. No. That's where we deviate. (laughs) I never worked at the PX. (laughs) I did that for a little bit. Okay. Because I went home probably for about six months to live with my mom and dad. And just couldn't, they couldn't accept you or you? Well, they weren't having any part of it at all. So, yeah. Yeah, you had to be you. And then you were... And then from there, yeah, I was on the streets. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, that's where we kind of picked up because, yeah, I was working too mm-hmm. <laughs> by the time we met in Vegas. Right. And that was the whole... Uh, it was, it was uh, like, I don't know. I don't know how you felt about that life. But for me, it wasn't as terrible as people make it sound all the time. Oh, honey, I am an advocate for the working girl. Yeah. I had a great, I made a lot of money. I met some amazing people. I traveled. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I, people always, my saving grace. I never dabbled in the drugs and the alcohol. So I feel like a working girl who does that has a different story than mine. Yeah. I was very fortunate in my, you know, and I went from the streets at first to working for the agencies <laughs> and baby. I remember, I I remember you and those agencies. You know, I was wearing those agencies completely out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just laugh because when you went on your own and that one story about uh, when the agency girl showed up at the same time as you. Yes. And, then, and 
the the girl on the phone was like, uh, I'm dropping my agency fee right. to a hundred dollars, and you were like, I'm dropping my agency fee to fifty dollars, <laughs> and then she was right. like, I'm dropping my agency fee to twenty five dollars, and you were like, I'm dropping my agency fee to a dollar, and I'm taking this call, and you hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't playing with them. That, but that changed my whole, like, I'm very fortunate for the agencies because they taught me how to be a proper working girl, I feel. Yeah, I'm lucky I never worked for an agency. I had friends, like, when one of my sisters worked for an agency. And so she told me how to do it. And then I was like, oh, okay. But I, there's also a certain kind of protection that comes for women, that maybe sometimes is more helpful when it comes to an agency as opposed to a man. But I don't think so because, bitch, if you fucked up knowing you got caught, they were, you don't work for us. No, but I mean when it comes to, like, having some protection there, like as far as oh, rape okay. and yeah. stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, men are less likely to end up getting... To try it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you're a man, people are less likely to try to rape you. It's not that it doesn't happen, but right. it's just way less likely. The odds go down, you know. So with the agencies, a lot of times the girls, it's just a different, at first at least, until you figure out what's going on. Right. And how to lie to people. <laughs> right. How to make it like, mm -hmm. you know, somebody knows where I'm at, yep. even when they don't know where you're at. Even or you walk into a creepy situation and you make that phone call to nobody or mm -hmm. a friend's answering machine and just like, you know, back then it was an answering machine right. too. It was like mm -hmm. a just, you know, beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made it. I'll, I'll okay, right. <laughs> I'll just check wait there for minutes. me. I'll call mm -hmm. you right back. Yeah, that's what you did. Right. When, when it was creepy, you know, and there were, I don't know what your experience was, but as far as that goes, Every once in a while, even though things were good for the most part, every once in a while there was a situation where I was like, this is creepy. And when I scared. went on my own, like, yeah, when I had had an after that call, mm -hmm. I think that's when I was like, fuck this. I'm going on my own. And then that's when I was in the phone book, the night beat, the city life. We were everywhere. Mm -hmm. I loved it. <laughs> I did. It was it was it was nice. Like for that while when they left us alone and just let us do right. our thing. And then they decided to Disney-fy Vegas. Mm -hmm. Remember? Because that's yep. when we were there was when, or when I was there was when they were turning it into like, you know, bring the whole family. Mm -hmm. And then once they started doing that, then Oscar Goldman started really cleaning it up, right. so to speak. Which I never understood why they were cleaning it up in that way because I don't, well, I remember you and I remember what you were like and we worked together a lot in the way that like, you know, not doing calls together, but hanging out and, mm -hmm. you know, driving each other or whatever, you know, just being friends. We were together a lot and like neither of us were soliciting people in any kind of way. It was like, you hit me, this person hit me up. This person in a lot of cases either woke me up out of bed or stopped me from hanging out with my friends to to go to a hotel room exactly uh, there's a very specific room that i'm supposed to be at i am in no way a nuisance right to anybody right now you know i wouldn't even be here if somebody hadn't called me mm -hmm. so now you're trying to do a sting on me but it's like really what are you doing a sting about right you know it's like to me that part didn't make sense at all because it's like yeah if i'm Making a nuisance of myself, I definitely get it. If I'm just loitering, I get it. Right. But I was talking about this the other day on a um, YouTube clip that I did. How one of the dirty secrets in Vegas back in the day that a lot of people don't know and never thought about 
was trans girls weren't even really allowed to be in the casino without getting harassed by security because if they figured out you're trans, then they right away assumed that you must be there yep. for prostitution and they'd ask you to leave the casino. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, it, a lot of people don't know that. <clears throat> before I got there, like a few years before, if they caught them in the casino, they literally would drive them to the edge of town, drop them off, and tell them never come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me at all. The average yeah. person, that would surprise them because they never thought of it. But, right. you know, uh, today my mom asked me, I don't remember why she asked me what we were talking about, but she asked me something about transgender and then she was saying that she didn't, and my mom has been a housewife her whole life, you know, so, uh, which she's very smart, she's very intelligent, but there's just certain things that don't always click for her because she's a straight housewife, you know, like, right. and so um, she she was just like, when it came to Caitlyn Jenner, she was like, well, how could he have been uh, like thought he was a woman when clearly he was an athlete and he had uh, children and he, you know, and she was going through the whole thing. And I was like, well, that's what you had to do even when you were gay back in the day. Like you couldn't just say it because you wouldn't be able to have any kind of life. Right. So it makes perfect sense that he would be like, let me hide this. Let me. But he says in his book, well, she says now in her book that like, you know, she knew from an early age. You just couldn't express it. And I think that's what a lot of people forget is that these things weren't really a, even an option. Like when I was a kid, I didn't even know the word gay until it became an insult. You know, when I was mm-hmm. like probably fifth <clears throat> or sixth grade. But when I was little, I didn't know anything about gay. You know, and I just thought I had the opposite problem where I thought that I must be a girl because one time my sister told me that if you don't like girls then you must be a girl (laughs) (laughs) she was like girls like boys boys like girls and so if you don't like girls then you must be a girl and in my head i was like i'm a girl (laughs) 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 and i was under that impression until i was in seventh grade (laughs) well i wish i would have known that impression it worked even more Yes, ma'am. I was jealous of these bitches with their purses. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Like, I wanted a purse. Really? <laughs> yeah, when I was young. And then, you know, and then I grew out of that. Like, once I realized that I could just be me and not go through all the work of being a girl. Right. I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a gonna, little bit of work. This is going to save me a lot okay. of trouble right yes. now. <laughs> but, yeah. A lot of coin. But the the other thing that I don't think a lot of people get and I'm growing out of is being, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Is I'm learning to be more forgiving, like you were saying, of kind of people in their processes. Because I feel like sometimes, (sighs) I feel like sometimes people still need that, like when it comes to getting their look together. You know, like where it's like... um, Uh, for example, there was this trans woman that was doing comedy for a while, and we had a few little like arguments or whatever. And it was because one point I accidentally misgendered her, which was a complete accident. It was just we were on you know Facebook going back and forth, and she was just being bitchy for no fucking reason. And I accidentally said he, 
And then she was like, you know, oh, I'm used to people, whatever, trying to, you know, insult me. And I was like, that was a complete accident. And then she tried to say something shitty to me. And I was like, well, bitch, try harder. And then maybe I'll... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the mistake won't happen, you know? Right. And then another time I got pissed off because it was like she posted this picture and she was like, six months after starting hormones, you know? And it was like... Bitch, you still look the same. The only thing that changed <laughs> are the frames on your fucking glasses. We got to step it up. But there were a bunch of fucking bitches, like, you know, just chiming in with, like, you know, in the comments, like, you know, you look so pretty. You look so good. And I was like, you bitches aren't helping right now. Right. Don't lie to her. She don't look good. Mm-hmm. But then I remember, like you said earlier, the world right now is more patient with that kind of stuff, so they don't really have to step it up. There's not that same urgency, it doesn't seem. It's a different type of... Like, I remember um, a few years ago, um, they had invited me to sit in on, like, a trans panel Mm -hmm. at a meeting. um, It's a trap. (laughs) It's a trap for a girl like you. (laughs) (laughs) They tried to ambush the doll. Yeah. They were trying to get her together, but yeah, she got them right on together. <laughs> and they were going around and they were like asking all these questions and they asked me what it means to be passable. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're asking me this question. So in my world, to be passable from the moment that I decided that I was going to be on this journey, I wanted to just be able to work an everyday life and blend. I don't necessarily blend, mm-hmm. but I look the part. Yeah. And they were all, there was a wide variety of different people in their different levels of transition. Most of them are the typical truck driver with a wig on or, you know, the pigtails or the obnoxious. Janelle. Yeah, Janelle, (laughs) that type. Janelle. (laughs) And then they wanted to set up to me this one that was about 70 who specifically said that she took it off and put it on at her leisure, wanted to tell me that I didn't know anything about being passable and that to be passable doesn't mean that you have to be pretty and like went on this whole rant in front of her crew. Well, of course they had her back until I decided. I looked at her and I'm like, are you done? Because I wasn't saying that you have to be pretty to be passable. Luckily for me, I've succeeded at that. (laughs) You, on the other hand, that's just not your reality. And you're not going to sit here and try to tell me anything about even being trans because, girl, when I made the commitment from day one that this is who I was going to be, blood, sweat, tears, good, bad, I have never looked back. Mm-hmm. I don't go home and take off my look. Yeah. I don't put my boobs in the drawer. I don't put my wig on the side. I mean, unless it's, you know, time to get the weave together. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're going to sit here and try to tell me Girl, I don't care how old you are. You don't know the first thing about being a trans woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very interesting to me that the the trans woman of today, you know, they want, well, why can't I just look the way that I look and this and that? And that's a big thing for a lot of them. They just want to take some hormones and, you know, be considered a woman. Mm-hmm. My reality, like I said, I'm old school. So, honey, you got to put some work into that. I I did what it took to get to where I'm at today. Yeah, well, cisgender women even have to put work right. into it. It's we not were, easy. We were today at the car lot. There was this woman helping us. I looked at this lady. Her eyebrows were horrendous. She had the thinnest hair. 
And I just wanted to take that baby and be like, Mama, come see me. <laughs> come here. Let me help you get this look right on together. Just because it's natural don't mean it's normal. <laughs> we could do better. Okay. Yes. I agree with that 100%. Put some effort in it. Just because you were born genetic doesn't mean you don't have to put any effort. But yeah. then you want to get mad because the trans women are slaying y'all. Well, yeah. I don't take my femininity for granted. I worked my ass off to be the woman that I am today. Because you come, you know, you just came out that way. You just going with it. No, there's there's reasons there's wigs and weaves and bitch surgeries. Get it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially working at a car lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you can. She was one of the guys. Make some money if you're pushing a look on the right. car lot. You oh, know, baby. Like, yeah. Because they wouldn't want a day of it with me up in there. Yeah. Slide in that car with some tits. Show them what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole nother sale right there. (laughs) Hello. Do you ever talk about how far you are in your transition or where or that? So, no, we can talk about whatever you want. Okay. So, um, I am not fully transitioned yet, meaning I am castrated. So, in 2013, I had my NADs removed. I hate you for saying that. <laughs> I really hate you for saying that in that instance. In case y'all aren't familiar with that, I had my testicles or my balls removed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all meat, no potatoes. I'm so done with you. I'm so done with you. <laughs> You should have known when you were bringing my ass to this party, honey, it was going to go down. I just... I thought you'd go easy on them. I gotta work on that. (laughs) What was our our games that we would play, our board games, uh, Scattergories? Scattergories. I still have that. That's where you got good with all those shitty synonyms. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Words that begin with an S. Oh, yeah. We used to have a good time. (laughs) But, yeah. Okay. So, um, and do you plan to fully transit? Like, well, you're already obviously transitioned, so it's not a matter of that. You know what? At one point, I will. I'm not sure exactly when. You know, when I was younger, the whole thing was, I need a vagina, I need a vagina, I need a vagina. But the reality is, I am successfully living my life as my, you know, true to who I am. Mm -hmm. So that's just going to be a piece of, you know, cherry on the top. Yeah, that's what I always figured with most of my friends. Yeah, it wasn't a big thing. Right, I mean, you know, it'll come in time. I am, if I was to die tomorrow, I am cool with who I am. Yeah, that that makes total sense, and that's the way I've always seen it. Like, but like with you and Coco specifically, ever since I met both of you, I always felt like you both were just who you were. Like right. there wasn't, uh, uh, there were different things. Like as far as just like, oh, I want to do this just because I want to do it, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel like you guys were doing stuff to become who you were. Right. You know, it was just sort of like. Yeah, who doesn't want bigger lips sometimes or, mm-hmm. you know, like certain things like that, you know, it's, you know, but yeah, it's, so it's, it does, uh, 
when you get your castration, do things still work as far as erections or that kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah? How does that happen with... <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> Next time we'll have to interview Trey, too. <laughs> Oh, give him a mic and let's <laughs> see what he got to say. Okay. <laughs> yes. The world won't be ready for that. Okay. So, um, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it's, I find it to be very interesting that, you know, there's two places in your body that produce testosterone, obviously your balls mm -hmm. and then your pituitary gland there. Once I got castrated, I just, before I got castrated, I had a huge libido. Mm -hmm. Like, it was ridiculous. After, I was still as horny as I was before. Now, I mean, it goes in waves. I mean, I also take female hormones, so I think that that um, affects it a lot. I mean, but I still function. I mean, it's amazing how many girls hit me up to ask me. That's the number one question they all want to know. Yeah. Do you still operate after? I didn't even know pituitary was a place that it was mm -hmm. produced. I always thought it just came from your balls. I really did think that yeah. until just right now. Mm -hmm. Like you telling me that, I'm just like, yeah. See, I didn't know. Yeah, because I was not I, every woman knows her body. I know. <laughs> you got to get in touch. Light some candles. <laughs> go into a hot bubble bath well mute music <laughs> i do that <laughs> and just let your hands I'm wander just, i just need to read more apparently <laughs> get a hot novel <laughs> but i was very curious about that after because i'm like bitch she don't got no nuts but she's running around like she was before she had them so yeah and as far as silicone you've had a lot of stuff removed i have yeah how has that been? Because for me, you know, I had uh, silicone removed from my face and actually quite a bit of it. And for me, I I went in knowing that it was never going to be perfect. Right. I agree. It's you know. never going to be perfect and they never get all of it out. Um, but that's a choice that I made when I was younger. So, you know, I luckily haven't had any issues with the silicone that I had. But, you know, Coco and I got pumped <clears throat> She got 20 girls together where she ended up pumping us with floor wax. So that's been more of an issue for me. Like I, That's the reason that I initially went in to get stuff removed. Was that what it turned out to be for mm -hmm. you guys? Because I got her right when she was using that. Because uh, it was the same person. It was a woman named Jessica. Well, a trans woman yes. named Jessica that got all of us with uh, various substances. Because with me, it was that... Um, plant extract that the doctor was talking about or the um remember when we went and confronted yes jessica's uh her family yeah her grandma mm -hmm. <laughs> coco was ready to beat them up yeah her grandma and her uh her cousin who are also trans and coco referred to her grandma as the tranny granny <laughs> right <laughs> i was oh like at this God. rate nobody's gonna be able to reproduce in that family right? anymore like what's happening mm -hmm. like there's no, is anybody staying in their assigned gender okay. anymore <laughs> like just <laughs> the whole family we all <laughs> why not <laughs> i'm not happy well you know what neither was i <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
yes, that family was a mess. Yeah, but she got um, me with that. Uh, there, there was some kind of extract, and I don't know what the translation would be to it now. She was pronouncing it boing, though. Boing. That's what she said all of us were. Yeah. You remember Kayla, the girl, the blonde prostitute? Really pretty? She was the fish that got her butt pumped. And that's how we originally found out, because it started busting out of her ass a few days later. Oh, I didn't know that happened mm-hmm. to Kayla. I didn't know that that was... That's what happened. That's how we found out. Now. I remember uh, the real tall, pretty girl, Sybil. Sybil. Yeah. Her lip, mm-hmm. it started just coming out of her lip. Like her, she had a basically a sore that wouldn't close, and yeah. it wasn't like a cold sore or anything. It was just the silicone would not, or not mm-hmm. silicone even. It was apparently the floor wax. But yeah, um, I ended up having to have mine removed because it started uh, expanding and kind of migrating. Really? Yeah, it turned into like a much bigger. And it was just like, you know, I was like, this is getting worse. And so for a while I was using, um, going to doctors, but getting fillers put in like uh, Restylane and Radius Mm -hmm. and, you know, evening out that way. But then, you know, with that, everything around it is getting bigger at the same time. So it just got like where I had this huge, like kind of golf ball looking thing on the side of my face. And I try to cover part of it up with my hair and stuff, but it just got like, I just have to get rid of this. Yeah. And so I, uh, that was a process. Where'd you end up going to get rid of yours? Mexico. Mexico. You know, I didn't like the pictures on his site. Really? Yeah. And, but like, I look at you and he definitely, to me, did a much better job than my doctor did who was in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. So I should have gone to fucking Mexico, but I wasn't in touch with you at that time. You know, yeah. I didn't, hadn't talked to you for several years. So I didn't know that you had gone to Dr. Cardenas. He started my work. He did my body work, mm-hmm. the work on my face. Dr. Zukowski in um, Chicago took out my silicone in my face. Really? Yep. He cut my top lip in half Mm -hmm. and took it down because it was like double the size. Yeah. And yeah, he took it out of my face and then went in and pumped it with fat. He lipoed under my chin and then put that in my cheeks. But I want to have it done one more time. How do you take it out of your cheeks? Um, He lipoed under here. Oh, how did he went through the inside of my mouth and lasered it. That's so lucky and so good. Yeah, like for me, they went in sort of mini facelift style and cut around my ear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, uh, that was rough. Uh, Who did you have take care of you? Did you have a friend with you? or um, When I had my face on my ex. Okay. Yeah, it was rough because they he not only did that, but he did some facial feminization as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These doctors, though, I don't know what your doctor was like, but these doctors, they, well, they kind of fudge you a little bit in the way that they act like your recovery is going to be. You know, sometimes I'll oh, yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you know, you can just go home in a taxi if you want. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, right. And then you go through it and you're like, bitch, I would have never been able to do this in a taxi. I'm right. lucky I had two other people holding me up mm-hmm. while I was leaving. You know, like I couldn't have done this. by my Yeah, you'd be fine at home by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost stopped breathing in my sleep. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> not going to be all right. <laughs> like, what's the matter with you? You're a medical professional. You took an oath. <laughs> right. okay yeah so yeah and but you always 
just were making like tweaks because you wanted to make your look like fine tune everything. Yeah. Like you weren't having any kind of real negative, even from the floor wax. I have been very blessed that I haven't had any major issues yet from it. Mm-hmm. I I'm worried down the sh- down the road. Yeah. I might, but at this point, <clears throat> no, I've never had any issues. And you didn't have any facial paralysis at all when you uh, got the what's it called removed? Nope. The only thing was my lip. Um, it was so numb that I couldn't feel like anything going on, so I would like slobber. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the worst. Yeah. That was definitely one of the worst surgeries I've had. When they scraped the silicone out of my chin, I uh, couldn't feel my chin. So, yeah, every once in a while, I couldn't feel just mine either. He food. took my silicone out of my chin. <laughs> there would just be some food on my chin. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, somebody would have to. Like, you, you, yeah, you might want to. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now I can feel everything again. Right. You know, but yeah, it took about six months for my feeling to come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, huh? Like when you've had things done to yourself, it is it's kind crazy. of crazy. You get to, see. but it's a connection that we have that other people would never even understand or be able to relate to unless you've had gone under the knife. Yeah, and I want to start being more. Uh, like talking about it on YouTube and stuff like that, just so more people. Cause I remember when I had it and I wanted to get rid of it, I didn't know where to go. Yeah. And there was, there's so little online because nobody wants to admit. Exactly. You know, one thing wants you to think that they're so pure and so natural and I'm so fish. Yeah. And then also society judges you when you make a mistake. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like you, you don't want to tell anybody and so like yeah I, I saw a bunch of people that would say things online but they wouldn't provide pictures and it's kind of like well i don't really know what you're talking about because i can't picture it i'm just reading your words mm-hmm. so yeah all right well we let's see where we're at all right so we're gonna have to wrap this up soon okay. i don't want to take up too much of your night but i uh do appreciate you taking the time and especially being honest because I don't think like I've told people this all the time on the road. And I tell people this all the time when I'm talking to other LGBT people. It's like one of the main things that happens is people aren't as hateful or as um, closed minded as a lot of people would think they are. What happens is a lot of people have questions and then they anytime they ask questions, they get told they're either transphobic or homophobic or like you just don't get it type of thing. It's like, no, you're right. They don't get it because nobody's explained it to them. But if more people would actually explain it and allow this person to be able to at least process it a little bit, I think it would help out a lot. And I don't think a lot of people get. Mm -hmm. Because, like, a lot of times people had this picture of what they thought trans people were as far as prostitutes and things like that, but they never understood the other side that if a person saw you, no matter how feminine you looked, and you're trying to get a job, and then you hand them your ID, and your ID says anything other than the F for female, (coughs) or anything seems off to them, right away you're not getting that job. Exactly. And then also living your truth is very expensive. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not going to become a woman working at McDonald's. Right. It's not likely, you know. And so there's also that going on, too, or was that going on. Now people have more options. 
But so this negative picture that people had, it's kind of like, yeah, in some ways you're right, but there's also another side to that. And then you ended up moving back into regular life, which now you've got a whole different career yes. that you're doing. And how hard was that to actually get into after? You know, I was very fortunate that at the time that I got out of working, um, I was already working at a bar. So I went right from, um, I was probably, I stopped working at the end of April. That following January, I went into bartending. I remember you were a bartendress for a minute mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So I had a guy, one of my clients that, you know, I used to see that we kind of <clears throat> dated a little bit during that period of time. So he would like help me out with my bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was very fortunate that I was able to go into bartending. So, and then I bartended for 16 years and I do shows on the side and now I'm, you know, I work for a makeup company and yeah, I didn't know you bartended for that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when you and Coco had just gone to bartending school yeah. and we were having that Christmas party mm -hmm. and then you guys Got made, drunk as shit. <laughs> you guys made us <laughs> drinks. <laughs> Yes. I got so fucked up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, all right. And then, so now you've been working doing makeup for how long? Um, I have been in the makeup industry a little over two years. And is this like, do you just want to continue to grow in this or are you open to just whatever happens? I'm open to where the future takes me. Yeah. I don't blame you. I just became manager, floor manager. Congratulations. Last week or two weeks ago. Thank you. And we'll see. Bitch is actually doing it. Okay. <laughs> Not just watching other motherfuckers do it. She's about to be the big dog once again. You know I'm a boss ass bitch. Well, I know. That's you why know, I, I never. You only keep me down for so long. Yeah, I never worried about you. Like, you know, I would think about you when I didn't see you. But, like, <clears throat> I tell people all the time, like, with you and Coco, it wasn't ever like a falling out or anything like that. It's just life changes sometimes, yeah. you know, especially when you're living that Vegas life and you're right. working in that, you know, like, uh, then all of a sudden you move on and then, you know, it's kind of, it is a whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right. even with friendships in a lot mm -hmm. of cases where it's just sort of like, yeah, if you fall through and you happen to see somebody, then you say hi or whatever, but you just don't usually, right? you know, so... Yeah, but I never I would think about you guys, but I never worried about either of you in that way. I just was always like, yeah, I'm sure they're figuring it out, whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we'll do a part two and then yes, we'll chat with Trey as well. we'll yes. Give him a mic and see what he's got to say. Well, you better get ready for that. <laughs> You might get a little more on your hands on your hands than you thought. It's great. I I loved it. I mean, like I I like. Uh, that and you've always been able to do this because you're so open about who you are and you've always been able to make me fucking fall out and just like <laughs> this fucking bitch when, mm -hmm. when people think i'm too much i'm like no you don't know too much okay <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed but no i really appreciate you and i'm glad we live in the same city now yes so thank you for having me. me this was awesome of course no everybody thank you for listening hit me up with any questions in my comments and this has been unbothered by ty rivera whatever you do ladies and gentlemen stay unbothered <laughs>